Hi, this is John Marks, and I'm the administrative pastor here at Waterside Church. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast channel, where we upload weekly teachings from our senior elder Larry Titus and guests. Our hope is that these messages inspire you to grow your faith on a deeper level as we learn and lead together. Enjoy the message. 2,000 years ago, one of the last words of Jesus in this particular word was found in Luke chapter number 23. And uh, verse number 34, I believe, it says these words. Now, you've got to get the picture. We read about two people that were crucified, thieves on on each side of Jesus. But in Roman crucifixion, there could have been many 20, 30, 40 people crucified at the same time. But we only read of the three because they were the only ones that had a conversation with Jesus. So as they staged the crosses, and there were three that would have been probably at the front of the line of those executed, with the next line being four or five or seven, then the next line being more and more. But in this particular conversation, as Jesus nears the end of his life on earth after three and a half years of ministry and after 33 and a half years of life, he's getting ready to give his spirit back to the Father. And the Bible says these words, Jesus said, now can you imagine the foot of the cross, the people who a matter of a few days earlier had been crying to him, Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord save us, were now the ones that were screaming, crucify him, crucify him. The only sinless person who had ever lived, they now cry, crucify crucify he looks down upon these people they didn't want salvation they wanted to be delivered from Roman oppression not any different than today to these individuals who had followed him throughout Galilee and Samaria and Judea now gathered around the cross with a few of the disciples and a few of the women that followed Jesus, including his mother. And Jesus looks out and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now my mind cannot conceive, because when Jesus said that, the Bible said it was the Father offering forgiveness through Jesus. If Jesus had not said Father, forgive them, he would have not carried the heart of the Father. Because the heart of the Father is forgiveness. Now we talk about the love of God and the characteristics of the faithfulness of God, but rarely do we mention that one of the major characteristics of God is his forgiveness. If we as believers claim to know God the Father, Yet we cannot forgive people. We don't know God the Father. Because as God the Father reaches us through the forgiveness of Jesus, the final words of Jesus to the disciples on the day of resurrection were, as he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, then he says, John 20, 22, and as I breathe on you, and send you, forgive 
offer forgiveness. And every person that you forgive, their sins will be forgiven. And every person that you do not forgive, they will not be forgiven. I want to make something really, really, really clear here. We, all of us in this room, everybody watching me right now, none of us have an ability to cleanse sins. Only the blood of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 9.22, can cleanse anybody from their sins. 1 John 1.9. Nobody can cleanse sins except the blood of Jesus Christ. But we do have an ability to cleanse the sins of the people who sinned against us. Isn't that amazing that God would give us the same spirit that Jesus had? Because people were amazed. Who is this son of man that can forgive sins? Yet at the same time, he passes that same gift of forgiveness to us. So the Bible says even when we pray, we are to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. All of us have debts. Do you know what that means? You have sinned against somebody else. You owe them something. Maybe the way that you talked about them. Maybe the way that you judged them. Maybe the way that you gossiped. Maybe your tongue was wagging. As you were criticizing, maybe you were spreading something that was injurious. Maybe it was a jealousy or something that was coming from your lips. You became indebted to that person. We're now in one of the most critical, crucial times in the United States history. When the tension and the friction and the protestations are so great because of an in, a grave injustice that was done. Hardly anybody has not seen the picture of a man crying for his life. Hardly anybody in this nation has not, and it's been around the world. Grave injustice. But as long as there has been humanity, there will be prejudice, prejudice and bigotry and bias. I've never met a man in my life. I've never met a woman. I've never met anybody free of some form of prejudice. Could be economic. Could be a sense of we're superior to them. Could be a sense of, thank God, I don't, I'm not that fat. Thank God, I'm not that thin. Thank God, I'm not. Whatever it is, to stop bias in its tracks is very difficult. And as soon as we sin with our mouth or our actions, we create a debt that must be repaid. And as soon as somebody comes against you, they create a debt that has to be paid. So what Jesus does is he pays the debt before it's due by saying, I forgive you. It's paid in full. Did you know that there will not be one person on judgment day will, who will be accosted or adjudicated as guilty of the crucifixion of Jesus? Not one. Nobody, Roman or Jew, will stand before Jesus and Jesus will say, you, you are the one that said crucifixion. It will not be there because it was all forgiven at the cross.
It was all forgiven at the cross. As this spirit of forgiveness pours down to us, Ephesians chapter four, verse number 32 says, be kind-hearted to one another. Be tender. Offering forgiveness because it's God working through Jesus causing you to forgive. Do you know what the word forgiveness means? Get over it. Let it go. Don't hang on to it. You don't need to hang on for it for a day. And by the way, when you forgive somebody, most likely you're going to see that you were part of the problem. Because <laughs> as soon as you offer forgiveness, a lot of things become clear. All the time I thought it was them, it might have been me. In this time of tension, it is critical that we, as believers, lead the way in forgiveness. No matter what happens, don't carry the offense. Forgive, forgive, forgive. If Jesus can forgive those who crucified him. There's a story that is found in the uh, book of Matthew, chapter number 18, and Peter starts off the narrative whenever he says, uh, uh, Jesus, now here's smug Peter. He's going to give one upsmanship on the Pharisees. Jesus, if my brother sins against me, you already know Peter's heart with that one, don't you? Because he is already pretty ticked off at John and some of the others. <laughs> they had a running feud. Are you aware of that? John and Peter had a running feud that had even extended past the crucifixion and resurrection. Did you know that Peter is the one that cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest? Matthew doesn't mention it. Mark doesn't mention it. Luke doesn't mention it in his gospel. Guess who mentions it in his gospel? John saying it was Peter that did that. Peter said, if my brother sins against me, that one right over there, if my brother sins against me, should I forgive him seven times in a day? See, the Pharisees only demanded three. That's why Peter said seven. He's going to double it plus one. And Jesus said, if he sins against you 70 times seven or 70 sevens, 490 times, depending on the translation, in one day, that's a lot of forgiveness. So Jesus isn't saying 491, you can hold it against him. He is saying, you got to release it. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't harbor unforgiveness for even a minute. For even an evening, don't let the sun go down where you're harboring something that is unforgiveness. I want that spirit that comes from the Father to the Son and from the Son to us. Christians should carry that spirit that says, doesn't matter what you do, I love you. You can never make me stop loving you. It is impossible. I refused to retain that debt. You are paid in full. As Debbie's sermon, I remember her holding up that stamp saying, paid in full. Paid in full is paid in full. God is moving through us in this season of tension with the spirit of forgiveness. 
that says, offered freely because of he who forgave us. Finishing my part of this message, because it's only halfway through, but I'm going to introduce to you in a second the rest of my message. But in the same chapter of Matthew chapter number 18, Jesus gives an illustration, a kingdom illustration, of a man that was going to settle the scores with his servants and went to one of the servants that owed him in today's currency 10,000 talents of silver. A talent of silver weighed 75 pounds and in today's currency it would add up to about $6 billion and the master said paid in full. Then when that happened that servant who had been given forgiveness for six, you know what indebtedness does to your spirit, how it weighs you down? I've never had a debt that didn't oppress my spirit, causing sleepless nights and issues and problems and to many people ulcers and sickness and every kind of infirmity and weakness. The Greek word is asthenia. Indebtedness, debilitating. He was forgiven $6 billion. He immediately goes out and finds a servant who owes him $12,000 and begins to choke him. <laughs> Ring him around the neck and choke him and say, you give me this right now or you're going to jail till you pay up. All because... He never understood the principle of forgiveness. You have been forgiven six billion. Can you handle someone that is indebted to you 12,000 and tell them it's paid in full? Send it away. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Many decades ago, and I won't tell you how I met him and where I met him and when I met him, but I'm going to tell you there's a young man that came into our lives and we were never the same. We were never the same when we met a young man by the name of Gene McGuire. So he's gonna tell you the rest of the story, and then in two weeks I'm gonna have him back to tell you the full story because we can't cram it into the next few minutes. But I wanted him to share his experience with how God used him in the message that I'm preaching. Gene McGuire, Come here, please. Thank you so much. I, um, I'm a product of two great investments. Jesus died for me, and Larry decided, the Lord decided to disciple me, and it made a big difference in my life. So I'm standing here in, in Texas as a free man um, because of the two great investments that were made in my life. One set me free. One prepared me to live in freedom. I remember, I remember um, when I was born again. I remember kneeling down on a prison chapel floor and asking Jesus to come in my life. And when I stood up, I knew something happened. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know about redemption, salvation, sanctification. Uh, I didn't know who Jesus was other than he saved me. As I go back to my cell, I'm reading the Bible, 
And I read it from like 11 o'clock in the afternoon, I remember, on a Sunday, December 7th in 1986. I had already served nine years in prison. And I remember reading, as I was reading, I knew two things. One, God loved me. And two, I was forgiven. I was forgiven of my sins were many. My darkness was gone and it was a light, um, the light of Christ. And so I uh, started just reading and praying and reading. And as I, I knew God forgave me, I knew my lifestyle for the past nine years in the prison system and beyond. I had offended a lot of people. I had hurt a lot of people uh, by my words. I uh, wasn't a real violent guy, but because of my lifestyle and drugs and, and the hustle in the prison system, I made a lot of enemies and I made uh, a lot of uh, confusion. So as I was reading, I remember uh, knowing all these individuals that I hurt or I needed to ask forgiveness. I remember getting on my knees and I said, Jesus, forgive me for hurting Danny. And he says, yeah, but I'm not Danny. Go talk to Danny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is that how it works? You know? So I, I, I literally got up out my cell, walked down the range, found Danny, apologized. Uh, and when you humble yourself, God will give you grace. I come back, I'm reading again, and there's another guy. I get up out of my cell, go and apologize. This happens seven times in two days. And I started to live in freedom like I never knew. And it was quite easy to forgive because I knew I was forgiven. And I knew the sin against me, I knew the sin against God was greater than any sin against me. And so I just always kept that in comparison. If someone uh, offended me, I knew that I offended God, it's far greater. He forgives me, I should forgive others. But as the years went by, a few years went by, you know how you read the Bible, it, it exposes stuff in your life. <laughs> It exposed the attitudes and the intent of my heart. And I had intentions for many years, not so much after I was born again, but for many years, a teacher who hurt me. I was in school, I was seventh grade, and I was a class clown. I liked to make the girls laugh, you know, and all this. And I was disruptive, I was rude and disruptive. And I remember the teacher started walking down the aisle and I kept acting up and everybody was laughing. Oh yeah, jeans, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he turned and he, and he turned, I remember seeing him, he turned something in his hand, it was a class ring and he smacked me real hard, wham, side of the head. And I remember just a big knock came on my head and I remember I just cursed him out and I mean, I made up some words and I just threw the book and I ran out the classroom and I hitchhiked home. It was about a 20 mile hitchhike home. And I remember... Um, didn't go to school the next day. The next day, my mom says, how come you didn't go to school? And I explained to her what happened. And she marched me back into the office and she was livid, you know, and she said, um, bring the teacher in. And when I explained my part, the teacher denied it. And the principal believed him. And thus I got paddled and I was embarrassed. So for years, for years in the prison, I thought about getting him back. How can I get this teacher back? How can I make him hurt like I hurt? So of course I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm living for the Lord and I don't have that feeling, at least I thought. As I'm reading the word, something bothered me and I'm like, this comes up, this surfaces up. And as I'm reading, it surfaces up, I can't get rid of it. And um, I said, 
I said, Lord, I, I forgave him. I forgave him. And he says, yes, but you didn't bless him. Bless those who hurt you. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who despitefully you. Bless them. And I remember getting on my knees. Tears. I mean, I was, it was a mess. It was a mess. And I just said, I started blessing this teacher. And what I said was, I want him to be a principal. I want his bank account to be filled. I want a new car in his garage. I want his kids to go to college. Everything that I thought would, I would like in my life, I prayed for him. And literally in minutes, it was broken. It was broken. It was broken. I never had a problem again. In fact, later that day, I was in the yard and I was talking to some guys and I was sharing this testimony with some of the guys. And I remember this one guy, Dwayne, started crying. He was a lifer and he started crying. And as he cried, I, I knew something was going on. So I pulled him aside and I said, Dwayne, I said, what's going on? He said, my grandfather abused me, put a chain around my neck and stuck me in the basement for hours and hours. He says, I need to bless him. I need to bless him. He became free. And I just thought, well, you know, Jesus, thank you for forgiving us and empowering us to forgive others. You know, amen. I was curious, Gene. Um, I, I know that this may be a little um, jumping to the next part of your testimony, which is the fullness of it. But for those that don't know, Gene was convicted of a crime that somebody else had committed and was given a life sentence. And I was curious, how in the world can you ever forgive when you were given a sentence, a life sentence for somebody, someone else's crime. How, tell me how that processed in your spirit. Uh, if, you know, I felt guilty at first, obviously, because I was, I, was, I was there. I didn't know that my cousin was going to murder somebody. Um, so I carried this guilt um, for quite a while. And then, obviously, um, being born again and, and being saved and understanding the Bible... I knew I had to forgive. I knew I had to forgive my cousin. And that was um, kind of jumped ahead, but that was one of the people that I literally got on my knees and said, you know, God, I forgive my cousin. I forgive him. Um, uh, I forgive a judge that may not have understood or took time or an attorney who didn't do the right things. Um, uh, a father who did not uh, invest um, in my life. So literally just um, going through and going through my life and um, saying, hey, I, I release you. I forgive you. I'm not holding a penalty against you. And I love you. And it really made a difference in my life. And it made a difference in uh, um, where I'm at today. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Two weeks for Hill. You're, you're going to hear the rest of the testimony. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for all of those that are listening that the Holy Spirit of God release from them every form of unforgiveness that you would dig so deep in their spirit that they would be totally free. Those that have been sexually molested, help them. Those that have been raped, help them. Those that have been judged 
unjustly. Forgive them, God. Help them to forgive. I pray, Jesus, that this spirit that comes out of Gene comes directly from the throne of God. I pray that right now the spirit of God, the spirit of God would move and forgiveness would flow like a river as it comes down to the cross of Calvary. I pray that it come right down into the living room, right down into the heart, that people would be set free in the name of Jesus from every form, every form we ask you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank all of you who support our ministry and make this possible. If you'd like to partner with us, simply click the link in the description for more info. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel in order to be notified of future episodes. For more information on service times and location, please visit watersidechurch.com. Have a blessed day in Jesus and go be the church.